I have to uh, have space. <laughs> if you ask Virginia, I don't utilize the space that I have uh, as well as I should. I recall as a pastor uh, here at Haven that uh, uh, she would come over from time to time and uh, come into the church office and uh, I'd have to go somewhere and I'd come back and I couldn't find a thing. She cleaned house. And I thank her for that because I I was messy. Tonight I want us to uh, look at a passage of scripture that I think that uh, uh, you've all heard sermons on before. Uh, have uh, Am I mistaken, or how many of you heard, have heard a sermon uh, about uh, the road to Emmaus? Nearly everybody. Uh, I remember uh, someone was telling me that they wanted to to go and walk that seven miles from Jerusalem to uh, Emmaus. So I want you to turn in your Bible and follow in prayer. We're going to look at uh, chapter Luke chapter 24, verses 13 uh, down to 35. But before we do that, would you stand with me as we pray? Almighty and holy God, here we are again gathered in your house for the sole purpose of worshiping you. Lord, as we open your word, I pray that in the name of Jesus and in the power of your Holy Spirit, that you will help each one of us to just wipe out all of the uh, turmoil that's going on outside and and wherever else. Let us focus on you and on your word. Lord, I pray that our ears will be open, our minds will be clear, and our hearts will be tender for your message to us. Thank you in advance, Lord, for all that you're going to do through this service tonight. For it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. You may be seated right now. We're going to get around to read. I remember hearing about a, a, a pastor, a minister, who had been honored with the opportunity to speak at some influential denominational uh, service. And, and the ones that had invited him noticed that before he was uh, to speak, uh, the uh, uh, minister kept looking out over the congregation just looking at every 
everybody in the congregation. And so the guy that was in charge said, what are you looking at? Are you afraid that there's someone out there that uh, uh, has heard the sermon that you're going to preach? Because, folks, preachers do repeats from time to time. But the minister said, no, I'm not afraid that there's someone out there that's heard it. I'm afraid there's somebody out there that hadn't heard it. And he said, what do you mean? He said, because many times we hear scripture, we hear sermons, and they just fly right over our head. Just so many words. So you've probably heard a sermon on the road to Emmaus. Now, uh, you would like to stand as I read God's word. We're going to look at uh, Luke chapter 24, beginning with verse 13 and reading down through 35. And behold, two of them were going that very day to a village named Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were walking with each other about and they were talking with each other about all the things that had taken place. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself approached and began traveling with them. But their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are these words that you are exchanging with one another as you are walking? And they stood still and Looking sad, one of them said, named Cleopas, answered and said, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem and unaware of the things which have happened here in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, The things about Jesus the Nazarene who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word in, in the sight of God and all the people, and how the chief priest and our rulers delivered him to the sentence of death and crucified him. Verse 21 says, But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all of this, it is the third day since these things but also some women among us amazed us when they were at the tomb early uh, in the morning and did not find his body. They came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it exactly as the women also had said. But him did not see. And he said to them, O oh, foolish men and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses 
and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself and all the scripture. And they approached the village where they were going. To, going. And he acted as though he was going farther. But they urged him, saying, Stay with us, for it is getting toward evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he had reclined at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it, and breaking it, he began giving it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. They said to one another, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road, while he was explaining the scripture to us? They got up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found gathered together the eleven and those who were with them saying, The Lord has really risen and has appeared to Simon. They began to relate their experience on the road and how he was recognized by them in the breaking of bread. And may God add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his word. You may be seated. As I read this very familiar passage of Scripture, I realized that those two men who were traveling to Emmaus was very upset. In fact, they were people who seemed to be hopeless. They had followed this man, this this prophet named Jesus, for three years. They expected that he was the one who was going to Restore Israel. And just a week before, as he came into, as Jesus came in to Jerusalem, people were saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. He was held in high esteem. And now he was dead. Their hopes had been dashed. As I read this and as I thought about it, I, my heart began to to have all sorts of uh, emotions. And as I looked at the Scripture, I, I could see myself 
in the lives and in the thoughts of, of these two men who were on the way to Emmaus. Some of the saddest words uh, in our language today starts with a D. You realize that? Words like disappointment. That's what they felt. Disappointed. Words like doubt and defeat and despair and ultimately death. Boy, that D word is awful. If you were up and you fall into the feeling of these these words, it won't take you long to be down. That's how these two men felt. They were disappointed because the one that they thought that was coming to free them and and to restore the country of Israel had met death on the cross. And they began to doubt, was he really the prophet? What are we going to do now? They were discouraged. In fact, I would say that first of all, they had a heart-breaking experience. What do you mean by that? All that they had ever hoped for had been wiped away. So I want you to put yourself, as I put myself, into the sandals of those two travelers to to Emmaus. If you notice in in the passage of Scripture between 13 and verses 13 and 24, how Cleopas began to pour out his heart to the other. And, and when Jesus appeared, he said, we were expecting this, but we didn't get it. Have you ever been expecting something that never materialized? Do you remember how you felt? Maybe you you prayed that that this cancer would be just just taken away from you. Maybe it was that that you've been working so hard where you where you labored day in and day out and and was expecting a a promotion and and some young whippersnapper comes in and takes it away from you. How do you feel? Whatever the case was or is, 
There are times in our lives when, when we expect certain things. We lift them up and we make that our goal and when we don't reach it, our heart just breaks. As these two travelers were on the way to Emmaus, Cleopas said, we had hoped, past tense, that it was Jesus who was going to restore Israel to us. We had hoped, we had thought it was happening, but it didn't happen, and now I am worn out. I quit. Brothers and sisters, don't give up. If Jesus has promised something to you or to me, let me assure you that the Jesus I know has never, 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 never broke a promise. He answers every prayer. It might not be the answer we want, but I assure you, He answers prayer. Sometimes I think Jesus has to tell Jim Kidd, no, you don't need that. You aren't supposed to be a millionaire. Now, I can say amen to that. Because I wouldn't know what to do with it if I had it. These two travelers, as they were traveling down that seven-mile road, talking among themselves, Having a pity party, maybe. When a third person shows up on the road. That person was Jesus. He said, what were y'all talking about? And they said, Cliffa said, Are you the only person that came to Jerusalem that doesn't understand and realize what has happened in these days? How the hope of the Jewish people had been dashed because the rulers of of the Gentiles and and all have, have nailed Him to the cross? died there. And they began to tell all that had happened. How he was crucified and how he was buried in, in a borrowed tomb and 
Now on the third day, the women that had ministered to him and had prepared of the ointments and so forth to anoint his body for burial, oh, it was going back and they found out he wasn't there. He wasn't there. The, the priest and, and the soldiers, they, they were charged with putting a seal on the, on the tomb for fear that his followers would come and steal the body and then make the claim that he had risen from the dead. That's what he said he was going to do. But can you imagine 11 followers, 11 disciples, Fishermen, untrained in military tactics, taking on a whole cohort of soldiers. <laughs> That's almost funny. But I also remember that there was a young shepherd boy named David. that took on the giant. Not with swords, not with spears, not with lances, but with a slingshot. You see, God can do anything if we will just let him use us. But as their hearts broken. And Jesus asked them what he was, what they were talking about. And they gave him an answer. I guess the thing that I've always wondered about, why didn't he say, you, you foolish people? Don't you understand anything? He could have came down and, and chided them to the point that made them feel awful. But that's not what he did. He said that he kept walking and listening to them and understanding where they were coming. Here they are. Two travelers leaving Jerusalem on the way to Emmaus. Broken hearted. But then Jesus says in in verse 25, I think it is, 25 through 27, God's word says, And he said to them, O foolish men and slow of heart, to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. 
Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? Then, then, beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself and all the scripture. number of years ago when I was given the opportunity to go to seminary I thought I just want to go to seminary and, and I'm going to study the New Testament because really that's all that really matters but one of the courses that meant more to me than anything else was when we surveyed not the New Testament but the Old Testament. Because as I studied and allowed the Holy Spirit to to penetrate my mind and my heart, that Old Testament came alive. And yet so many times we when we do our daily Bible reading or whatever it is, we, we get to places like Numbers and, and uh, some of those other weird books where they... We want to just skip over that. Brothers and sisters, they're there for a reason. If you don't understand it, it's because you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal their meaning. That apparently was the problem with the two to Emmaus. But God's word says that beginning with Moses, Jesus began to explain the scripture and how it applied to him. He revealed to them all of the things that God had done in order that the people of Israel could move forward and be drawn into a personal relationship with His Son, Jesus. I guess that on that road to Emmaus was probably one of the best and most accurate and most thorough Bible studies that has ever been done when Jesus explained the Scripture, explained how it was God who opened the Red Sea and the children of Israel walked over on dry land. It was was then that that it was revealed how, how He was gave them water in the wilderness and fed them with with all that he did for 40 years. It was him that, that took David and made him king. The man after his own heart. 
Oh, how the scripture came alive. And we see that that heart that was breaking was now a heart being filled with the word of God like never before. That's the importance of Sunday school, brothers and sisters. That's the importance of our small groups is to reveal to us the message of God's Word to us so that we can apply it in our day-to-day life. In many churches, Sunday school is not even considered anymore. Or if it is, it's just for the kids. Well, this is one, K-I-D-D, that loves Sunday school because it helps me to understand God's holy, inspired, indelible word. God be the glory of those Sunday school teachers who study to reveal His Word to us. And as those two travelers with Jesus speaking and explaining the Scriptures to, him, to them, said our hearts, began to burn. When was the last time your heart was burning for more, more, more about Jesus? Would I know? Thank you. Thank you, Fred. says on the road to Emmaus, that two hours or two and a half hour walk probably only seemed like a few minutes. Because God, the God of the universe, was revealing to them the truth of His Word. And it was their lives were being filled with more, more, more about Jesus. So what started off as a heart that was breaking moved into a heart that was being filled with the truth of God's Word, and it finally brings us to a heart that is is, uh, burning with a desire to know more, more about Jesus. It 
it would be my prayer and my desire if every Sunday morning we'd have to bring chairs and run down these aisles. Because they could feel the burning desire within their heart to learn more, more about Jesus. They couldn't wait to get here. It wouldn't matter if they didn't have Sunday clothes. It wouldn't matter if they hadn't shaved. It wouldn't matter. Maybe if something else that would try to take their play. It wouldn't even matter if there was a, a golf tournament the masters were on. It wouldn't matter that something else was going on. I just want to know more about Jesus. When the altar call was given, it would take a herd of wild horses to keep some from coming here and falling on their knees. Said, Oh God. Oh God. Teach me. Use me to do your will. Brothers and sisters, I want to go on the road to Emmaus. I want to go to the one to Damascus too, but I want I want to go and take that seven mile hike. Took them about two and a half hours to go those seven miles. I'm old. It'd probably take me a lot longer. But I'm willing to try. If I know at the end of the road I'm going to learn more about Jesus. So how about you? Are you ready? Take a walk? Are you ready to go through that heartbreaking experience when we have to admit that things didn't go the way we thought they ought to go. But we realize that it went the way that God wanted it to go. Are you ready to take that walk and experience that that heart-filling experience when we allow God's Word through through teachers and through the Holy Spirit to reveal to us all that God wants us to know? Are we willing? To allow our hearts to burn more, more, more.
God's word. That we'll be willing to be here to study and to learn about Jesus. I want to take that walk. I'm willing to take that walk today. And it starts with the walk down this aisle and to make a commitment. Fill me, Lord, again. Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up. Fill it till it overflows with more about Jesus. I'm going to ask Brett to come and lead us in a hymn of commitment. I'm going to have a prayer. And I'm going to move down to the front make some commitments on my own. And I'll be here to help you with any commitment you might need to make. Will you come? The altar's open. The Holy Spirit is here. And he's saying, Come unto me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden. Let's stand. I'm going to have a word of prayer. And Rhett's going to lead us in a hymn of commitment. Don't you stand? Almighty and holy God, here we are. Laying it all on the line. Asking, no Lord, begging that you will cause our hearts that are, have been broken for various reasons. That as we have studied your word, we, we got to the point that we just wanted to hear more and more. Finally, Lord, we're here to say, come into our life now. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll do what you want me to do. Just come and anoint this place now as we seek your face, your will for each of our lives as individuals, as families, as a church, as a community, as a state, as a nation, and as a world. Even now, Lord Jesus, 